Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank at Sniper's Hide here. You might hear some road noise. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I'm driving back from the range. Uh, I got a multitask here to knock a podcast out for you guys because I got a lot of work to be doing. Uh, had a pretty good day at the range. Uh, you know, it was good conditions, a little miragey because the heat's up today finally. We had all those storms and hail and everything coming through. So that was pretty lame. Um, in the beginning of the week, but now that the, the weather has cleared up, I, I'm knocking out videos. So the, the goal right now is for me to do videos. And the first one that I'm working on, I, I did a training video. If you guys are an online training member, I talked about the rifle setup stuff because we just end up getting, um, you know, we're, we're seeing far too many guys don't understand their rifle setup. They they're they're uh, they're coming with their turrets all messed up. Reset your turrets to zero. Mark and I talked about that, but I, I basically just wanted to put out there what you know. Understanding the setup is the name of the video because I want you guys to understand that rifle setup and what each element does. You know, and I bring it back to the analogy, I'm in the car driving, I bring it back to the analogy of your car, okay? I got seats, steering wheel, mirrors. And it's subconscious in a lot of ways. The mirrors are brought to me, you know, so I don't have to move my head or body too much to see out them. It's just a glance left, a glance right, a glance up, and and that's gonna help me. The steering wheel's in a place where it's comfortable for me to rest and relax my hand on it. I can work all the controls on the, on the wheel. So I have that. And then the seat, you know, finishes it off. It, I can reach the pedals. It brings me to the steering wheel without basically putting me against it. So if an airbag goes off, I don't get crushed in the head. I'm short. You know, what it, you know how it goes. And so I have that going on. And so... That's the first video that I did. Uh, then I was doing some stuff with the APO. I kind of reset it up for me, redid the scope, retorqued everything down, pulled a, a boar snake through it a couple times, um, you know, just to kind of knock it out. And it needs to be cleaned up in the chamber and everything. So I'll probably end up doing a cleaning. I actually have a tomahawk steak that I got. I'm going to end up cooking that. I don't know if I'll clean while I'm cooking it, but I'm going to probably within the next you know, two days be cleaning the APO up. And I got to hit the range again tomorrow and finalize that because I want to give you a rundown of that rifle. Uh, it really, really worked out well for us. And then I shot a, I shot a crazy ass for uh, four shot group. I chickened out on the fifth. As I said, the Mirage kind of got to me a little bit. And with the suppressor on it, I had a little bit of coming up on the end of the suppressor cover because uh, it was hot out. And I'm shooting the group, and I'm like, ooh, this is looking really good. I'm done. So I shot a four-shot group. That's one hole with a 147 Hornaday. Ooh, this part of the highway sucks. Makes a lot of noise. So I shot a four-shot group because it just, you know, it just didn't look didn't look awesome. And I, I didn't want to kind of go that way. But, um, yeah, then I moved my, I had the zero compromise. I, I have the four to 20. The four to 20 ultra short zero compromise is like, God, it's such an awesome scope. And I took on that Valkyrie, if you guys saw the video, I had the five to 20 
in the spur and all that stuff. And I ended up moving it to a cantilever spur, as I talked about, with the big horn and the short uh, ra rails on top. You'll end up seeing, you know, that it wants to go forward and hang over. So I ended up swapping the 5 to 27 zero compromise with a cantilever mount and it made it much better put it back mounts on the rifles better so i had that on the valkyrie and i haven't like i mentioned had a lot of opportunity to shoot the valkyrie too much um just travel schedule training all that stuff but you know we did some function chesting we looked at some of the magazines and you know i'm playing with that so i go to set up the 4 to 20 and i have it in the spur well really right stuff had come out with a mount for the zero compromise a 36 millimeter so while i was away and all what was going on and blah 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 i'm talking my hands right now in case you guys can't see that so i'm in my car driving talking with my hands to you guys so i move the zero compromise 4 to 20 from the spur to the really right stuff and the really right stuff is awesome mounts coming up. You can change the rings out, uh, put accessories on it. It's, it. it's plain looking, but it's got kind of a, a inset notch for the, for the uh, rings. So the rings kind of fit down and, and mate to each other really well. You can change out a ring to put an accessory on it. So they're making accessory uh, rings for it sort of similar to what night force did night force has sort of an accessory ring option you can do so really right stuff did that so i swapped everything around this is part of my problem is constantly swapping stuff but i'm really sticking with the night force and the zero compromise at this point yeah my schmitz are here and there and i, I tend to stick with schmitz too but night force zero compromise are quickly in like solidifying themselves as my go-to's you, you know uh, as far as like new latest and greatest they're, they're really becoming my go-to scopes so I moved the ultra short 4 to 20 and put it on the Valkyrie today so I zero up the Valkyrie and man this thing is hammering as I it's mentioned with the one mag I'm using, and I end up get I ended up getting some MDT mags for the um the the two two threes, and you can kind of shave those down a little bit, but they're working pretty good. But I'm using that Alpha mag, that 308 Alpha mag that I found where the feed lips were really tight, and so I could fit 14 rounds in there. I put 12 in, kind of a sweet spot, but. I could fit 14, no problem. And so I'm doing that, and I ran a uh, 8.5 by 11 target, a 45% IPSC at 550, and just hammered it as quick as I could on video. And yeah, I think it'll be pretty cool. I'm going to knock that stuff out. So I'm going to want to do video. I'm going to want to do more. I got to cook dinner on the steak and the whole thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get this podcast knocked out for you guys. So I'm not leaving you hanging, you know what I mean? It, it's not something where it's like, oh, you know, an extra day, which an extra day, no big deal. I end up doing pretty good. I end up doing pretty good with you guys and in, in getting these, hang on, my mic is kind of wanting to be all limp and stuff. 
trying to trying to balance my mic and and all that stuff. Anyway, so the Valkyrie zero it up that float. I, I I'm not sure. I think I'm an Impact Two reticle. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I got to go look at them because I don't have the names memorized. Again, if I memorize the name of the zero compromise reticle, I'll forget the name of somebody else's reticle. So I'm, I'm, I have to. I, I think it's an Impact Two reticle, and floating dot really nice, giving me great groups, the whole thing, and it's just, it's really that Valkyrie and that setup is really going to turn into a money rifle for me. Where I don't want the recoil, I don't want the, the you know, that pushback and, and all that right now. Because when I did shoot the stuff earlier in the year, really, really messed up my neck and shoulder like nobody's business. And it hurt. So now I'm kind of coming out of it and I'm relaxing a bit with it again. And I don't want to, you know, re-kind of aggravate it. So 224, it's McMoney. And I go to 550, I'm 3.1 mil at 550, okay, with the Valkyrie bolt rifle. So I got some really good data on it. It just straddled the line, and I just hammered out a 12-shot group. Just like shoot, hit, shoot, hit, shoot, hit. And if you think about it, that I mean, it's a money place, man. 550. I could check my muzzle velocity. I could true it with that 3.1, and, and I gotta go over some of the ballistic stuff. I hope this sounds good. Um, I'm gonna check it, but I I gotta talk to you guys about some of the ballistic stuff too. Guys are misunderstanding and writing shit online that I did not say. Like one guy's like, you know, true BC at 100 and muzzle velocity at five, and I'm like, no, that's not what I said. And I got to, you know, the context of these apps, the apps are all different, man. You know what I mean? What happens in one app, and we talk to them in in generalities. There is apps for guys who want to dig down deep and do a lot and really squeeze every ounce out of your software. There's apps for guys that don't want to do that. And when we talk about Hornaday, we get it, man. There is a metric ton of limitations to the Hornaday software when it comes to tweaking turret truing, when it comes to tweaking left-right, when it comes to tweaking all these other things. You know, there's a bunch of stuff it's missing. But it works. You don't, especially, here's the key, man. If you're using Hornaday data, Hornaday bullets, that's Doppler based. It's in there and it's an 800 yard BC already. We've already mentioned this. We like that Hornaday runs their stuff out to 1500. They give you a BC to 800. It With their stuff, they use axial form factor. There's no BC. So you're asking me, how do I do this? How do I do this? What about that? What about the app? What about Kestrel? It's like, dude, that doesn't, that doesn't translate what we talk about with Applied Ballistic and their Kestrel doesn't now translate to the Hornaday Kestrel. It's different. Okay, Hornaday stuff does something different than Applied Ballistic, does something different than Trace Out. 
they're all different. So while we may bounce something once or twice, you have to understand if we're talking about a certain piece of software and then I go on and say, oh, you should true your turrets. Well, Hornaday doesn't have turret truing right now. But it's a simple, free software. It doesn't have a ton of horsepower. You pay 99 cents for a HUD, but it's free. Okay, so you're not going to be able to go in there and finagin it, but at the same time, you don't need to if you're using Hornaday stuff. You know what I mean? If you're using Traceall, you, we talk about, you, you know, it's super easy to true, but I still tweak and do all the BC. Understand, all that stuff I'm doing, I'm doing manually, okay? The Kestrel, Kestrel came up, question came up about Kestrel. And Sean, listening, was up at the class, had said, oh, but you you know, the custom curve, you can't tweak it. No, I can't, you can't tweak the custom curve. Now, maybe it tweaks in the Cal DSF, but we don't talk about that and truing it that way because if you look at the Cal DSF, with like a 6.5 Creed, it's like 14, 1500 yards to tweak that. Very few people have access to that kind of range. So we do it all manually, but you can't manually tweak a custom curve, you know? And it's just like, it would literally be an episode per software to go into this does it, this don't. This one does it, this one don't. This one does it this way, but we don't like doing it that way. We do it this way. This one, there's so many pieces of software. They all have that author's own fingerprint flourish in there. Just like JBM. We talk JBM all the time. I love JBM. It's plain, out of the box. You don't put in bullet length. You don't put in twist rate. You don't put in target or turret truing. You don't put in so much stuff. But it works within reason, context. It matters. You know what I mean? So now I can take that Valkyrie data, I can put it into a lot of the software, and I'm waterlined 3.1 mil, 550 yards. Now tweak my muzzle velocity there until it lines up. If I go to eight, nine, and a thousand, and I have to tweak it a little more, which should only be like within a minute, 0.3 mil at the most, then I can tweak it that little bit plus or minus with the muzzle velocity. But I'm doing it manually, okay? I'm not going into Ford off without going in with. Hornaday stuff. I shoot a ton of Hornaday stuff. I don't want to bring in Prime. Can I? Absolutely. But I really don't want to because I want to use their data and I don't want to do the BC calculator and do the whole thing. I can use Traceal for that. I have every app on my phone. I can say, oh, Prime Ammo, Traceal. Oh, Hornaday, Valkyrie, 6.5 Creed, the 147 I shot today. Hornaday right? 
if I'm going to use the Kestrel because I don't want to use my phone, it's AB. Because that's what I have right now until the Hornaday Kestrel comes out. Well, I, I pre-ordered it, but I don't have it yet. And I didn't call them and try to get it because I've been busy. But these are the context of things that I don't necessarily, you know, I assume a lot, I guess. And that's my bad. But I've never said tweak your BC at 100 yards. Your BC does nothing at 100 yards. In fact, we just got in an argument with a guy on Sniper's Hide because he's trying to shoot a 5.56 AR for accuracy. He can't do it because it's him. And then I showed him pictures of a one-hole group with a Valkyrie, and he basically said, well, that G1, G7 BC is so much better than... And it was funny because I used the 75-grain bullet version of what he used, but he claimed that the G1, G7 in a Valkyrie was better than his 223. And so it didn't count. It was 100 yards. Your BC doesn't matter that close, dude. You can change your BC all kinds of ways. It's still going to zero in the same spot. Software's not for 100 yards, okay? So we don't tweak, and, and maybe it was a typo, but saying 100 yards, a, a, a one is nowhere near the eight. I don't see how you had a typo with one or eight to say in a Hornet, in the Hornaday thread, you know, Frank said, change the BC at 100. And I'm like, no, that's not what I said. Dude, I, I get it. I talk fast. We, we throw a lot of shit out there at you because there's a lot of episodes. But you, you, you got to kind of keep it in its lane and keep it in context. If you're not sure, ask the question that way. Don't just assume and go out there and said like you did. Frank said in his podcast, I was like, oh, fuck, to Kestrel. You know, Kestrel's like, what the fuck is this guy saying? You know, like I'm messing it all up. That's not what I said. So understand this stuff and understand the context of it, right? You know, we want to make sure you got a good 100-yard group. If you're a Finnegan and you really want to tweak all these things, well, then you should be doing 100-yard zero, true range zero, right? You should be measuring any offset from point of aim, point of impact of your group center and then, at, you know, estimating or not estimating but calculating your 100 yard true range zero so put that into your software if you're doing your turret truant turret truing you need software that allows you to do it you can't turret and i think we mentioned this it's just again you got to go back to the old lessons when we talked about hornaday and ford off and all this other stuff and now like i said we're working with ballistic arc we're doing stuff with them. So we're bouncing software all the time. That doesn't mean you should. That just means that's what we're doing so we can understand some of the pros and cons and limitations within the given software. Because they all have it to some degree. Guys don't like trace out because there's no library. You got to do it manually, right? Which is why I tend to like Ballistic AE for that. Got a great library, you know, and then we'll do certain things there and tweak stuff. You know, the Hornaday, again, limited library, limited features. But if you're using Hornaday ammo, it's a no-brainer. It's Doppler-backed, and it's really, really good, you know. So 
you know, I get it. We're, we're, we throw a lot out there. We're talking really fast. We're bouncing from episode where we're saying, Hornaday, Hornaday, Hornaday. And then, you know, we get a call from John Baker and it's like, ballistic arc, ballistic arc, ballistic arc. But I still use trace all a bunch. So it's trace all, trace all, trace all. You know, and up in Alaska, Mark and them guys use trace all. So it's not like, it's, if you're a Windows phone guy, you use trace all, you know. If you're an Android guy, you could do the ballistic arc. You could do the Hornaday. You could do, you know, AB. You could do Streelock. You could do any of them. And, and it's just putting all this information into context. And kind of that's what the forum's for. You know what I mean? That's where you go to the sniper side forum. You go to the everyday sniper stuff. And you can get things clarified. I mean, we're just kind of throwing that. Again, I'm driving in the car. I'm coming home from the range. I got a little bit of a ride going on here. And I'm throwing this out so you can, so you can understand and listen. But this may be a throwaway episode for somebody. However, it's a clarification. I'm doing the Mueller clarification that doesn't clarify anything, even though I'm clarifying it. I'm repeating what I said and saying the same thing, just saying it again, hoping to reinforce it. You know what I mean? And it's that kind of thing that goes on. I get, you know, we got some big episodes like the wind stuff and the different ones. And you know, there is, there's a weird thing. Mike saw it. There's this weird kind of like podcasty aggregate um, websites. And it'll actually go in and you can pull up the everyday, I don't know what it's called. I guess some search will do it on Google. Mike found it. And it's like the most popular everyday sniper episodes. And there you can kind of find the more popular ones that, you know, the wind. Maybe it's software. Maybe it's the Kestrel explanation. You know, we read through Kestrel's kind of like manual. You know what I mean? Their PowerPoint manual. We, we did an episode that we basically just went through it. But that's not always how we use the Kestrel. We use it m- more so... How we always did the BC Muzz Velocity versus doing it how they recommend. Because there's limitations to the way they recommend it. By tweaking the Muzz Velocity alone at, at, at points you know, outside of a certain window, we see it, it, it creates a need to re-true. You know what I mean? And to check it. So if we do it kind of manually, we're reducing that distance error when we're traveling you know doesn't mean they're wrong and we're right we just find it works to that nth degree that much better for us we can see a variation where somebody who's shooting you know a minute at distance or more might not see it we're shooting half minute or three eighths and we see it and it's like oh I'm noticing this variation here if you do this It'll fix that. But maybe for your average guy, they don't. And so that's where, you know, we we want to kind of clarify and make sure you guys put into context what we're saying. 
Because it can turn into something silly where it's like you go say something to a manufacturer or to a company and then they're like, that guy's got his head up his ass, but you did the 80-40-20 thing. You know, I'm doing 80% of my job telling you what we think. You're absorbing 40% of it over this podcast and you're only able to retell 20% accurately. There's a lot of guys like that up there who are even teaching today. They took one class, they got the 80%, they retained 40, and now they're the resident expert at 20. You know what I mean? And so we understand where this falls apart. You guys need to understand that too. And before you kind of make that leap of faith that you understand it, come in and clarify it. Come over to the Sniper Side Forum and say, hey man, clarify this. Is this what I mean? Okay, here's my question. Why this? Because I'm all about answering the why. It's really, really important you get the why. Stepped in cow crap. I thought it was hard. It was like dried up and it wasn't underneath and I got crap all over my boots. I was like setting up the target, putting the camera on it, doing this thing and I took a step back and it was a big nasty one too. I mean, it's just, you know, complicated grass, but it still smells. So now I got friggin' like half my boot covered in cow crap. But anyway, clarify it. Ask me the why. Why did you do this? Why are you doing this like that when they're telling me to do it like this? What is your reasoning behind it? And ask yourself, does it make sense? If you have the opportunity to try it, And I got to really, you know, say thanks and reach out to a lot of you guys who are trying this stuff we talk about and coming back and saying it helped. We we get that every day on uh, Sniper's Hide. Guys will come in and say, you know, Frank and Mark or Frank and Mike or Frank and Adam or Adam and Mike said something. I went and gave it a try. I took a leap of faith. It mattered. I had one guy um, posted yesterday, yesterday the day before, about the bipod. He was a Harris guy, lowest common denominator. He swapped over to a different bipod, changed it up. He improved. His groups got better. You know what I mean? It's, It's come a click up come a click, you know, one or two clicks higher on it. If you're getting a little bit of that in your neck, if you're laying on your forearms and not up a little bit on your elbows, right? A click up. What's it going to really hurt trying one up or one down and and trying to level that rifle to a comfortable position of, you know, that you get behind the rifle. And so it's, it's about that kind of stuff. It's about trying it. And, you know, you got to try it for more than five rounds. Try it for a day. Try it for this. I mean, it's a tear down and break up. We're changing things. You know what I mean? But think about the, 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 neural, the neural pathways. 3,000 reps for a positive neural pathway. 9,000 reps to fix bad habits. So think about that kind of stuff. Put... I'm going to call this the context episode, putting it all into context. I mean, here's the thing. We had guys shooting really good groups with this APO rifle, okay? 
So I did this video. I took the thing pretty much apart, loosened it all up. I moved the grip. I moved all this stuff. These guys were shooting easily, half minute, five eighths to half minute, which your average guy during the four classes it was used. One class in Colorado, three classes in um, uh, Alaska. Nobody shot bigger than 5.8 with factory ammo out of the 1950 APO. I get it. I took it apart. I took the scope off. I reset the scope up. It looked like a ring slipped on one of them, so I reset it. Probably wasn't torqued up, but we moved it so much. We probably just didn't nail it right because um, we swapped lots of things for every shooter. So when I came home, took it apart, cleaned it up. I didn't, like I said, clean it, pull the boar snake through, but set it up for me. I got a box of factory 147s and I stacked them in one hole. Granted, four shots, tricking out on the fifth. I could have threw the fifth and made it bigger, but I, I'm like, I'm good. I'm right there. So, you know, there's that. I, I, it's, it's not, it's not going to be the same as if you shoot it. I do this for a living. I do this every day that I can, you know, some days I got to stay home and, and, and do software, you know, work on the computer. Some days I get to come out and shoot when I'm out teaching and traveling. I try to do a little bit of both. So I'm seeing this. It's a goof because I put a mount on and in the video I'm like hand tight this, hand tight that, you know, check it, check your scope setup, push forward on the pick rail and, and get it in, make sure it's snug, hand tight so it's lined up on the pick rail correctly but it wasn't torqued because I f didn't know if I was going to have to move the scope forward or backwards. So I get it snug, hand tight. Well. I went to go shoot my first group and when I looked at it, I'm like, whoa, what the hell's going on? There was two touching, two touching, one. I'm like, that's kind of what I see with students and stuff. Rings weren't torqued. The, the main ones on the, on the rail, the rail rings. Oh shit, forgot to torque them up. Sure enough, the one in the middle was loosened and the two on the ends had moved there was a little movement in the pick rail. Just that movement forward and back in the pick rail gave me that two-in-one hole, two-in-one hole, one away, about an inch strung across. Because it's moving back and forth under recoil. If you're moving, if you're not supporting the rifle and you see two and two and one, well, that could be part of that element where you're not nailing it down. You know what I mean? You're not nailing that position consistently every time. And so, there we go. You know, it's like, oh, I recognize that group pattern. And and so, you cleaned it up, tightened it, re-put it in, checked it again, then shot my groups, slammed in one hole, okay? I don't expect guys who are taking a class and or just learning to put... A factory Remington, yeah, granted, APO ear gauges them, they're deburring them, they're cleaning them up. They're not truing and true, you know, truing in the sense of truing. They're just kind of cleaning it up. Okay, it's not a full blown true. 
but it's still shooting half minute or better with factory ammo. That's not going to limit you when you take a class. You're going to be able to raise to that level. And, and here's another piece of clarification. You bought a factory 6.5 Creedmoor, okay? It could be Remington. It could be Tika. It could be Begara. I don't care what it is. You bought, you bought a sub, the Ruger. You bought a sub $2,000 6.5 Creed. Shoot 2,000 to 2,500 rounds and nail down those fundamentals. Practice positional. Practice all these things we talk about. Off your belly. Support the firing hand. Learn what works for you. Then, change the barrel to a new one. You're in a nice zone. You should have those good reps behind you. And if the rifle is set up for you properly, you should be progressing in your form in your technique, right? Now, you're 2,500 rounds in. Put a good barrel on it. You should immediately see your group shrink. Then you know it's working out. Then you know I got another 2,500 to 3,000 rounds of, you know, solid stuff that I should be able to go out and compete with out of the gate. You're done. You've already did everything you need to do. Maybe, you know, if you're going to do some load development, yeah, you can mix that in if you want to shoot reloads. But even with factory, you should be money. You should be at least half minute to three eighths or better with factory ammo. And I mean good factory ammo. Don't go get that junk we talked about. You know, Hornaday, Federal, the Prime. Prime's running around a little bit here and there. You're, you you could find some. Um, and it, it'll be coming back. But, you know, stuff like that. Lapua, you know, really good ammo. Don't, you know, even I've seen the Fiocchi, the Winchester shoot really well. I wouldn't do the S&B. I think that's one step off a of surplus. I've never seen S&B perform to the level I think it should. But I have seen Fiocchi perform to that level. And it's not expensive. You know, if you're buying Reebok's kind of privy partisan sniper ammo in Cabela's, you can't expect miracles out of an $18 a box. It's one step off a of surplus. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's better, but it's not match ammo okay that Hornaday Precision Hunter if you're in the Hunter crowd the X the M all match ammo Federal now the Burger now the Lapua all match ammo you know what I mean all that that yellow and black box stuff looks really good I'm gonna actually I got a a box of ammo waiting for me uh, that was replaced from that class I think I'm gonna grab a case of that uh, black and uh, yellow burger stuff I'm a fan I like it and it, it's probably going to shoot really well. But I shoot and in, in move to different rounds, and it works good. So understand, oh, shit, the context. Is this guy going to get me? Who knows? He, he zapped me. I, I was doing 80. It's a 75. I should be good. I am. 
He didn't get me. No tickets. Freaking cops are everywhere all over here. You guys, you guys need to, you need, need to work on, look at the training stuff, man. We're, we're going to talk about you guys in like super con, uh, context. I've uh, brought a bunch of people into the Sniper's Hide uh, LE section, the Mile High LE section. I kind of got through and got a bunch of that. So, um, but the LE guys we're going to be addressing after the next block. Alrighty, because we're gonna we're gonna have some some stuff to say about that after the June class in in Alaska. There'll, there'll be some comments going, but yeah, the police are all over the freaking highway. There are a lot of trucks, man. They're not really too much worried about us, although now, um, you know, they're running radar and he was lasering people, but I wasn't speeding. Anyway, so look at quality stuff. If 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 you got an issue, quality scope with one of these rifles and quality ammo and it's still not coming together, well then, let's take a look at what you got going on. You got your phone, set your phone up and record yourself. Then you can come over to the Sniper Side Forum. You gotta host it, you can't host it on the forum. You gotta host it like YouTube, Facebook or something. You can publish it to Facebook though or put it in on YouTube and bring it over. And we can look at it. Say, oh, we see what you're doing wrong. You're slapping the trigger. Oh, you're doing this. You're doing that. I even tweaked on the APO trigger a little bit today. It was a little bit, but that's the beauty, man. It's got a trigger tech trigger in it. I can adjust it from inside. I don't take it apart. A couple clicks, man, and it's got big, loud, audible clicks. I love that about it. I can count the audible clicks. Click, 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 click. Oh, okay, I did that many. That way, if I don't like it, I can go back and know. How does it feel? Boom. Eh, okay, better. You know? Boom. Ah, went a little too far. Better. Right there. That's where I like it. You know what I mean? The trigger is your point of human contact. So while I don't advocate, you know, a 12-ounce, 8-ounce, 4-ounce trigger, 16, 24, not a bad thing, man. 16 to 24 is a nice little sweet spot. That Valkyrie, I'm doing that two-stage. Love it. Love it with the bighorn. Thing's rocking, man. That Valkyrie is just sweet to shoot. Doesn't move. And I'm going to have a metro ton of fucking practice with it. I can go anywhere I want. Left hand, game twist, Valkyrie. And I'm shooting factory ammo, so I'm not overheating it too crazy. I'm going to get some good barrel life out of that guy. I'd compete with it because it hammers good enough. I could play with different ammo. I'm done. You know, if I want a hand load for it, I can use that for comp. Hand load a really sweet little faster load. That becomes my comp load. So now I can use the same gun for both. And, and this is the nice thing with like the family stuff. You know what I mean? Because say, now I got to slow down. Um, say, um, you know, wife or kids want to get into this but you're not quite sure you want the investment cheap and easy 850 for a custom bighorn action right throw a good barrel on it in any stock you have you can get a, a krg bravo for them if they like it you can move them forward if they don't make it your own trainer you know what i mean so you're not spending tons and tons of money in something that's going to eat up a barrel so fast. You know, when everybody's hovering around 2,500 rounds or less with a lot of this 
game stuff, you know, that's a barrel investment. So, anyway, that's where I'm going with that. That's what I'm talking about. This is the context of my discussions. And, and like I said, I get it. It's just be really careful when you commit my name to print because I'll either get hate mail or I'll get straight up hate from a manufacturer or somebody. Like, ah, you're screwing everybody up when I'm really not. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to. I'm trying to make it easier. I'm trying to save you a little money. But uh, I'm going to be out here tomorrow, be filming some more. I'm going to try to knock out that little, like, one-minute Valkyrie video. Guys are asking. They want to see it. I did a little one-minute Valkyrie deal. Got a target, uh, a camera on the target. I got a camera on me. Bing, bang, boom. And just going to town. The, um, having a good old time with it. All right, guys. Um, this, this is kind of working. Hopefully, it sounds good. And, and we can all listen. Uh, I wish I could play this app through my car just to make sure, but I can't. The damn thing won't play. I got to actually put like headset in or something in order to even hear it because it won't play through the Bluetooth. Like I can play Podbean and all this other stuff. You go to try to play it and, it, and you don't hear shit. Weird. Totally weird. But anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Go over to Sniper's Hide. Hit us up for questions. You know what I mean? Guys are calling Mike and, and asking him stuff to clarify, but you can come over to the hide and ask. If I'm not there to answer it, somebody will, okay? And and we get it, man. We got a hundred and something episodes already, 169, I think this might be, um, without looking. And that's a lot. That's a metric ton of, you know, like four hours a week for a year and a half now, four hours a week for a year and a half, we're throwing you nothing but knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. We can't always expect you guys to get every little piece that we're talking about, but at the same time, we don't want you going down a wrong road because I threw too much of you. If I'm mentioning something about an app, understand it's that app. A A lot of them don't always cross over. There's, there's some base elements that are universal to most apps, but then there's things that are unique to a chosen few. So we just want you guys to understand that and, and realize it. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part. Comment, share, come on over, and, and just have at it. Hopefully the road noise isn't too bad and this one goes up. Uh, it, it should be all good. And, and, and we'll call this context, man. We just want to put everybody in the context. And if you're not sure of the why, you're not sure of the context, you're not sure of exactly how I was presenting it to you, ask the, ooh, ask the question. I'll bring it around another way. And that's what we're all about, man. You know, two and two is four, but so is one plus three, zero plus four, five minus one, all these different ways of getting to four. So if I say, hey man, four, well, you know, and you're not sure how I got to it, ask me. Hey man, how did you get to four this way? In this situation, what was the formula to four? Oh, okay, I used three plus one on that one. I didn't use two and two, you know. Sorry guys, yeah, I, like I said, I talk, I'm stream of consciousness. That's one thing you guys gotta get. I, there's no script. There's no, hey man, I just start talking and just kind of go on these tirades and stuff. 
So I may go in multiple directions and not, I don't may not even remember what I dang said unless you remind me what's the context of how I said it. And, and, and you know, then I might go, oh, that situation, I said it like this. You know, because I'm trying to thread needles with a huge variety of individuals. Not everybody has the same need or the same ability or the same equipment or the same app or the same scope or any of those other things. I mean, I just like move out of the way, dude. He barely touched you. Uh, yeah, accidents. Um, so that's, that's where I'm coming from. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Rock on, my man.